Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Hi, it's Pastor Julie, and Happy New Year in 2022. We are starting a new sermon series this morning called Welcome to the New. And our first installment is called New Year, New You. And the scripture today is Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So welcome to 2022. Let us give God some praise for this new year. I, for one, am psyched that 2021 is in the history books and 2022 is waiting for us with the promise of adventure, of change, and a better world. Maybe one that sees the end of this global pandemic. I can hope, can't I? How many of you have made or will make a New Year's resolution? There's something about a new year that just calls us to take a look at our lives and make a change, a change for the better in some way. We all know that there is some aspect of our lives where we want to see improvement, to let go of something that's been holding us back, or to make a way to be closer to the person we really want to be in our hearts. It's like as the year begins, we seem to understand that life goes on and we have the opportunity to do something different. Now, yes, I think we all know that we really don't have to wait for the new year. But for whatever reason, it just seems like the right time to look at our lives and see where we are compared to where we want to be and make a change, something that will move us in the right direction. Lots of people make New Year's resolutions. In 2016, it was about 46% of the population in the U.S., And most of us know the top resolutions made every year because the commercials have already started. Lose weight, get fit, get that education, save more money. What all the people who make resolutions have in common is that they, we, have stopped to take a look at our lives and have come to the conclusion that our lives would be better, have more meaning and purpose if we did or didn't do you fill in the blank. But it's a before and after kind of thing where we say that what we see now isn't what we want our lives to look like in the future. And we know that there's something we can do to make a change. That's the resolution. And it's a commitment to ourselves and a better future. Oh, we may say we're losing weight to be healthier so we will be around for our families, but it's really for us, our self-esteem, our mental health, to have a better life in some way. We're not going to settle for less than what we want our lives to be like. And so we step out in faith and consciously make a commitment in the form of a resolution to get to our goal. As I look back on 2021, there were a lot of things that happened that were very discouraging. 
It seemed like the entire world changed at the start of the pandemic, and we thought that in 2021 things would get better. But in my opinion, they didn't. We thought the pandemic would run its course and we'd get back to some sense of normal. But that didn't happen either. As a matter of fact, I'm beginning to think that it's not going away anytime soon. We may have to live with this virus impacting our lives for a very long time. On a personal level, I wasn't able to see my family and friends the way I had hoped, and the level of stress from all the constant changes and mandates, vaccines and masks, dealing with all the interruption, watching people get angrier and more frustrated and taking it out on each other has constantly battered my mental health. My usual attitude of hope and joy and has impacted my physical health as I am a dedicated stress eater. At church, the constant hyper-awareness of every little thing we're doing, the concern over the health of the congregation and CDC guidelines, the continued absence of people who are not comfortable coming back to worship and trying to maintain communication with them, the change of our music and our services and the struggle to find new staff and music leaders, the missions and ministries that are either on hold or gone forever, and the dwindling population of people who will take responsibility for the normal everyday tasks that keep the church running have taken its toll, not just on me, but on pretty much everyone. As we look at where we are right now, my guess is that we all see something that needs to go or something that we can do to becoming the church God has called us to be in this new and challenging world. The picture of what we should look like will be a bit different than we're used to, a lot different in some cases. But we are standing at the crossroads of last year, representing the present, and this year, representing our present and our future. As the people of the resurrection, we know that every morning God's mercies are new, that we have a new opportunity, and God is always doing something new. Will we join in the new? Will this be a new year and a new you, a new Asbury? What will that look like? What resolutions can we make as individuals and as a church family to move into that new us? Jesus promises us a beautiful future. Will we go there with him, no matter what it takes? Let's see how we can do that. Our passage this morning follows Hebrews chapter 11, which actually has its own name. We call it the faith chapter. No one really knows who wrote this book, just that it was written around the time of the early church, somewhere in the first century. It is very steeped in Jewish religious and cultural references, so probably a Jewish Christian, and written to people who would also know those references. One reason we know that is because of the faith chapter. The writer is attempting to explain faith to his audience, and he begins the faith chapter, chapter 11, with the words, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. He is defining faith. Faith is essentially a firm belief that God's promises to us we find in Jesus Christ are true. All of them, including the power we receive from the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of sin that gives us redemption, and the promise of eternal life as children of God. This writer then goes on to hold up those pillars of the Jewish faith that they would remember that defines that faith 
by what happened in their lives, the choices they made by that faith, and ultimately what happened to them because of their choice to have faith and persevere in the face of opposition. He calls to mind people like Noah, who had faith and built the ark, following God's commands and in doing so saved his family and life on earth. Abraham, who in faith left his home and went with God, not even knowing where he would go or what would happen to him, who ultimately became the father of all people of faith everywhere. Moses, who in faith led his people out of Egypt into the wilderness and into freedom and the land promised to them by God. Rahab, the prostitute, who in faith protected the Israelite spies and found a home with the Israelites. He talks about martyrs and judges, prophets and warriors, all of whom followed the path God had laid out for them, not knowing for sure what would happen. But their faith gave them the resolve to follow God wherever God would lead them. In chapter 11, verse 39, he says, Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better, so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. What do we do with that? Essentially, the writer is saying that these great people of faith who firmly believed in the promises of God and lived their lives and made their choices as though they certainly would receive those promises didn't actually receive them. So what good was their faith then? Well, the tricky part is he says God didn't give them what they were expecting, but he did give them something better. And he gave it to them at the same time as he gave it to all of us to everyone. These pillars of the faith lived their lives in full confidence of God's promises, enduring some pretty awful challenges and even death in some cases. And what did they get? Instead of land, an easy life, many children, freedom from slavery, they got Jesus. All of God's promises rolled into one. They got salvation, eternal life and the promise of a beautiful, perfect future. They did not see it in their lifetimes on earth, but they did receive it. This is where we all can find ourselves. We look around us and see only the present situation, what things look like right now, and it can be discouraging. These pillars of the faith looked around and envisioned a better future. They had faith in the one true God who could make everything better, And they acted in faith, living their lives as though the promises of that better life was already here. Living in the current situation with the promised future in full view, they walked, ran, even facing death at times, taking every step as though they were living in that future in the present. And isn't that what we do when we make a resolution? We look at what we see look at where we want to be, and do whatever it takes to act as though we are already there. We change our routines, our names, our shapes, our habits, our attitudes, and live as though the future we desire is ours by faith. We wouldn't try to make those changes if we didn't believe, if we didn't have faith, they could actually happen. The writer of Hebrews refers to this as running a race. Most every generation understands running a race. My running days are long gone, but I can relate to life as running a race. 
It's hard. It takes discipline and self-control to get across that line. The writer talks about being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, referring to those giants of the faith that went on before us, setting the example of endurance and winning the prize even in the face of overwhelming obstacles. It's a scientific fact that we run better when people cheer us on. When we look back at the great people of faith, and even those here at Asbury, maybe their names are on a plaque somewhere, but maybe not. When we remember them, we can feel their presence with us. The life of this church, the spirit of the people who have worshipped and served here, learned and taught here, are always with us through the power of the Spirit. What we face in these difficult days of this never-ending pandemic is just a different, not a new obstacle. They have received their reward. They faced obstacles, and they had faith and ran the race. And now it's our turn. There are many reasons people stop running, and they are the same for those who make resolutions and fail to keep them. The world tells us we can't do it. We begin to doubt ourselves. We don't really see any progress or see anything changing. We just stop caring. It gets too hard, and so we quit. We've failed in the past, so why try now? We fail to keep our eyes on the finish line, the goal. For our personal resolutions, we can give up when the doctor says it doesn't look good. The bullying or verbal abuse becomes louder than the voice of faith and hope. We see failures or setbacks as the measure of how we'll make out. But that's just the evil one trying to keep us from the promise, the one we have received already in Jesus Christ. The writer tells us that these are the things that we are to cast aside so we can run the race uninhibited. Cast off fear. Cast off doubt. Cast off past failures and expectations cast off grief and the voices that tell us that nothing will change so we can't do it. Run with perseverance. The race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus was human like us. He could have put down the baton and stopped running. He chose to persevere and walk boldly to the cross, knowing that the reward that awaited him for completing that race was worth more than anything he could gain in this world if he just walked away. That's his message for us. Maybe your personal life needs some changes. Maybe you could use a little faith in the future, a vision of what God is calling you to be. So spend some time praying and thinking about what that future looks like for you. What is God calling you to do, calling you to be? What are some things that you need to let go of? What are some things you need to pick up so that you can walk into the future God is waiting for you to embrace? Here at Asbury, the past 20 months have battered us. But even so, our faith in God has kept us running the race. It's time for us to take stock and run into the new future God is calling us to. No matter what challenges we face, it's time we looked into the new future God is calling us 
to do and take steps to move in that direction. As we go into 2022, we will go on a journey of discovery, discovering our new future and running with perseverance the race set out before us, the race started by the saints that have gone before us and will be cheering us on as we go. And maybe we can cheer each other on as we go. Have faith in God's promises. Know that nothing we face in this new year can hold us back. Whatever we face, Jesus goes with us and before us. All things are possible with Jesus at our side. This is a new year, and a new Asbury awaits us. Let's run the race together. We will be taking steps to discern where God is leading us. We will ask the questions. What needs to be cast aside for us to run into the future unencumbered? What is holding us back from living into the future God wants for us? There are new missions for us to do, new connections with our community, new ways of worshiping together, new people waiting to become part of our church family, but we can't do it alone. We are all in this race together. Keep your eyes on Christ. Pray about where God is leading you, leading us. Pray without ceasing. Sign up to serve. Keep informed of what's happening. Be part of the process. Step up in faith to join a Bible study, a community service group. Teach a class. Start a small group to connect to our community. Don't let anything slow you down. We are all in this together, and we need everyone to do their part, to carry the baton into the future. Let's cheer each other on as we run this race together in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a new year. God is making all things new. Together, let's discover the new. Amen.